number 24. If you missed last week, we're going to upload that. Don't forget, um, this Tuesday is Bible study here at 730. We had our first lesson. Uh, thank you, Sister Brandon, for that text. Amen. We had our first Bible study uh, lesson here on Tuesday night. We're gonna. I just edited the video this weekend. We're going to re-upload that for everybody to watch. That is only for our church. Do not share that link. Do not give that link away. That is for you. And um, uh, that's going to be going up every week. There'll be, uh, we're we're going to start trying to generate a database where you can go and let us know that you watched that video. I have more Bible studies to teach right now than I have time. And so what I am doing, I, I am uploading all these Bible studies. I'm teaching live here on Tuesday nights at 730. You're welcome to come if you would like, but it's going to get uploaded. We're going to keep track of your discipleship. Praise God. We're going to keep track of your discipleship because that is what God has called us to do, is to make disciples. And so if we're not doing it, we ain't doing it right. Praise God. So we need to make sure that you are being discipled, and you cannot do that independent of teaching. So every Tuesday night is systematic teaching through the Word of God. Don't miss it. Uh, if you can't be here Tuesday nights and if you can't tune in Tuesday nights, do the catch up, watch it, and then we'll give you a link to where you can go and then put the little X and say, I have done this. Praise God. And uh, as you complete those lessons, we'll eventually have a great big graduation for you. Amen. And uh, you, you can even wear a cap and gown. Praise yeah, God. You can even wear a cap and gown. Proverbs eleven twenty four. Someone shout, I love the word of God. Proverbs 11 and 24 says, There is that scattereth and yet increaseth, and there is that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tendeth to poverty. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. Another translation uh, says it this way, and I'm only reading for clarity's sake. You can become rich... By being generous. Everyone say generous. You can become rich by being generous or poor by being greedy. Generosity, everyone say generosity, will be rewarded. Give a cup of water and you will receive a cup of water in return. And so last week we began our series of uncompromising and we started off with uncompromisingly prayerful today we're going to be preaching on the subject of uncompromisingly generous uncompromisingly generous amen scripture says generosity will be rewarded hallelujah let's put our bibles down let's go to the lord in prayer jesus we thank you for your word your word is powerful and it is anointed i pray god that the next few moments in this service would be life-altering. God, I pray you use my tongue to be the pen of a ready writer. Lord, I pray that you would inscribe your word on the hearts of your people. God, I pray that I would be as impacted by the preaching of your word as those listening to the preaching of your word. We want to walk out of here today, God, changed, renewed, and transformed in our thinking. Someone shout a great big amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise if you love his word. Amen. Look at your neighbor, give him a great big God bless you, and you may be seated. Bible reading enhances our lives. Bible reading makes life better. And one way it does this is by providing a picture of God's divine nature. It reveals the actions and reactions of God. This is of great importance because the second Peter 1 and 4 tells us we are to be more than just observers of God's word. We are to take on his divine nature, as Peter calls it. We are to be partakers of his nature. And we cannot know his nature independent of Bible reading. And so when we read our Bibles, one of the things we are looking for is how God acts and reacts in situations. When we look at God's word and its description of his nature, we discover that God is generous. He is uncompromisingly generous. In fact, it is this quality of generosity, amen, and of his character, which Satan attacks 
first. Satan tells Eve in Genesis 3 and 5, For God does know that the day you eat thereof, speaking of the fruit, your eyes will be opened and you will be as gods, knowing good and evil. Satan accuses God of withholding what is good and needful. Nothing could have been further from the truth. Amen. When God created Adam and Eve, he was uncompromisingly generous with them. In Genesis 1 and 28, it says, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you Every bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree and the which is the fruit of tree of yielding seed to you it shall be for meat. God blessed them. God made them fruitful. God gave them dominion and God gave them every herb bearing seed and tree of all the earth. Uh, that was Amen. And if that was not enough, in 1 and 26, it says that he gave them his image. God withheld nothing from them except one tree which had an element of evil in it. In other words, the only thing God did not give them was what was bad for them. Amen. This was not God being good. This was God being generous. Amen. Hallelujah. And when you read down a few chapters in your Bible, you'll find a man by the name of Abraham and the Bible says and God blessed Abraham and he told Abraham in Genesis 22 and 17 I will bless you and give you such a large family amen that someday your descendants will be more numerous than the stars in the sky or the grains of sand amen on the beach amen that is more than God being good people that is God being uncompromisingly generous amen hallelujah amen and if you'll allow me to take a trip down to the New Testament, amen, when Jesus feeds the 5,000 in the wilderness, he does not just provide enough bread and fish for them to eat. Uh, he provides so much bread and so much fish that Matthew 14 and 20 says, they all ate and were filled. Uh, amen. Hallelujah. Plus, there was 12 baskets left over for the disciples that helped serve the fish and the bread. Amen. This is not God being good. This is God being uncompromisingly generous. Amen. Hallelujah. And when you read in John chapter 21, the Bible says that the disciples see Jesus in a glorified state for the first time after his death and resurrection. Amen. They are out on their fishing boats and they are unable to catch any fish. And Jesus shows up on the seashore and he yells from the seashore, children, have you any meat? And they say, we've been fishing all night and we can't get any fish. Jesus then commands them to cast their nets again. Amen. And when they do, amen, the Bible says that they brought in so many fish that it almost sank their ships and they had to ask for other little ships to come and take some of the fish. Amen. That is not God being good. That is God being uncompromisingly generous. Amen. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody. Have you ever worked hard and felt like you were doing nothing? Have you ever broke your back and felt like you were getting paid pennies? And then all of a sudden, God shows up, amen, on the seashores of your life and starts blessing you and blessing you and blessing you. You know what that is? That's not God being good. That's God being uncompromisingly generous. Oh, I said he's gent. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. Give God a hand praise right now if you believe that. Praise the Lord. And whenever Jesus gives a parable, he reveals the uncompromising generosity of God.
Whenever there's a king in his parables, which represents God, of course, the king is either having banquets or feasts, not for some of his friends, not for a select group of his friends, uh, not for his rich and wealthy friends, uh, but for all of his friends. Hallelujah. Amen. And if you don't, if you, if you don't know this, in the olden days, uh, in the times of Jesus, if you had a banquet, uh, you were obligated to provide all the food. Uh, and if you had a dress code for that banquet, uh, you, were you were obligated to provide the clothing for that banquet. And so when Jesus tells parables of kings uh, who represent God having banquets uh, and requiring certain kind of clothing, uh, he is trying to paint a picture, praise God, of a God who is uncompromisingly generous, praise God. Because if you've never been to a party where the host is generous, uh, amen, you, 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 don't, you, you may not be able to relate to this, uh, but when the host is generous... Uh, Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody can have a good time. I've been to parties where I'm worried that the food is going to run out and it ain't even my party. I've been to parties where I skip on cake because there ain't hardly enough cake for the kids. Amen. I've been to parties where the soda runs out and I'm running to the store to buy soda for that party. Praise God. There's nothing like an uncompromising host. Amen. Who says I will be generous at all costs. I'm not just going to throw a party. I'm going to have a party and I'm going to be so generous about it. Praise God that the people that show up don't need to worry about anything other than just having a good time. Hallelujah. I'm preaching to somebody this morning about a God who is uncompromisingly generous. Hallelujah. Amen. In his parables, Jesus tells us about kings that leave all of their property and all of their estate, amen, in the hands of their servants. Uh, this is God being uncompromisingly generous. Towards the end of the book of Luke, Jesus gives a parable of a prodigal son. The father who represents God gives his prodigal son his inheritance. That was generous. If you give your children their inheritance early, you're being very generous. Because technically, they don't deserve it till after you die. Praise God. But if they get it before you die, you, my friend, are a generous person. Amen. Hallelujah. And this child who he gives the inheritance to early goes and wastes it amen all of pops hard work all of dad's righteous living all of dad's penny pinching and sacrifice gets and because the kids are upstairs i'll tell you what the bible says we're wasted on alcohol and prostitutes and living recklessly amen hallelujah and when the prodigal decides to come back home the father clothes him with his own finest garments and places jewels and shoes on him. And all of that, praise God, is only, amen, hallelujah, a show of what's about to come. He calls for the servants and he tells them, kill the fatted calf and everybody stop working. Put down the sickle and put down the rake and let go of the oxen and pick up some trumpets and a tambourine. We're about to have a party, praise God, because my son was dead, but now he's alive. Amen. I'm telling you, that father who represents God was not just being good. He was being uncompromisingly gentle. You see, some people are generous, but they're compromisingly generous. All their generosity comes with contingencies and conditions praise God but this father who represents God amen did not allow his son's failures to change his commitment amen hallelujah he it did not matter how much of a knucklehead and a brute amen the son had been he was not a letting he was not about to allow his son to change his convictions and his conviction was I'm gonna be good huh? even when people are not good to me I'm gonna be generous 
generous even when people take advantage of my generosity. Praise God. And I'm getting way ahead of myself here today. But if you'll allow me to preach and fast forward for a few seconds, a lot of people refuse to be generous because somebody at some point in their life took advantage of their generosity. I'm so glad that God's not like you and me. Amen. Hallelujah. Because all of his generosity was betrayed. All of his generosity was taken advantage of. And can I tell you that he's generous right now despite being taken advantage of? Oh, come on. Oh, somebody give God a hand praise. Hallelujah. Come on, come on. Let's magnify him right now. Hallelujah. Oh, praise him. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Hallelujah. There is no escaping, none. The very simple and straightforward Bible fact that the purpose and the goal of the believer is to imitate God. And not just imitate, as Peter said, to partake of his divine nature. And if God's divine nature is uncompromisingly generous, then we have an obligation to be uncompromisingly generous as well. Come on, somebody. If God is uncompromisingly generous, you and I must be uncompromisingly generous. I'm going to just preach to you for a few moments that there are some major mistakes being made in church today, including East Bay Bible Fellowship, including by this pastor, Praise God. Number one, many people are neither giving, amen, or being generous. That is a mistake. That, I said, I didn't get a big enough amen. You don't even got to be giving or generous to amen me right now. Amen. Hallelujah. But please don't amen me if you're not going to repent about it. Praise God. Many people are neither giving or being generous. Praise God. That, my friend, is a fundamental mistake because God will not bless, amen, the person who is not generous. And I know people that have been so outlandishly foolish as to tell me or tell people behind my back, amen, I don't give to the church and I'm still blessed. I don't even want to tell you where some of them are right now. And some of them don't even realize that God's good graces have been snatched up from them. And they are so limited and so narrow-minded, amen, that they can't even see that the goodness of God is not even on them anymore simply because they still got a car, they still got money, and they still got food. If the only way you assess your walk with God is by the things you possess, you are not reading your Bible right. Jesus said it this way, be not deceived. A man's life consists not of the things which he or she possesses. The thing that constitutes your life, praise God, are the things you're willing to give, not the things you're willing to hold on to. Oh, come on, somebody help me preach. It is a flaw and a failure, amen, to not be giving and then not to be generous. Oh, praise him, praise him, praise him. Oh, I feel like preaching my whole message right now. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, give God a great big hand clap for about 10 seconds. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. The second mistake that people are making is they are only aspiring to be givers. To be givers. I, I would be dishonest if I told you that up until recently, that wasn't my goal, was to simply be a giver. Now, some people might be saying, what's the problem with that? The problem is that giving doesn't equal generosity. God is not a giver. God is generous. You see, you can give and not be generous. You cannot be generous and not give. But you can give and not be generous. You can give and never give generously. And if you choose, I mean, let, let, me, let me explain something to you. In order to be labeled or classified as a giver, you only need to give once. And at any amount you want. 
And, and I know some people are getting nervous right now because they think I am strictly talking about money. Praise God. I am talking about everything. Because when God gives generously to us, he's generous in mercy. He's generous in love. He's generous... No, no, no. And so we should be generous in everything that we do. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. All of the examples that I have been preaching about today are not just examples of God being a giver. They are examples of God being uncompromisingly generous. And if the only thing God wanted to do was get us to call him a giver, he would have only given to us once. But God doesn't want to be a giver. God is uncompromisingly generous. And so what he gives you and what he gives me, he gives it more than once. Hallelujah. And he gives it in abundance. Amen. And hallelujah. He gives it in abundance. Amen. Proverbs 68 and 19. Not only does he give it in abundance, he gives it daily. Praise God. I said he gives it daily. And that's what makes him generous. If he only gave it once, he'd be a giver. But he gives it more than once. Psalm 68 and 19 says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. Amen. Can I tell you there is not a day in your life where God is not loading you up. Amen. With benefits. Some of you have stayed at miserable jobs because of the benefits. Amen. Got no job on this earth has benefits that compare to God's benefits. Some of you took jobs just because of the benefits. Amen. I wish somebody here would take a step towards Jesus who loads you up daily with benefits. I said... Oh, somebody give God a hand praise. I said daily. He is generous. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lamentations 3 and 22 says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great. Great. Great is thy faithfulness. Hallelujah. That right there, my friends, is uncompromising generosity. Amen. Hallelujah. God says you're going to need mercy today. You're going to need mercy tomorrow. You're going to need mercy the next day. And I'm not going to give you. Amen. You know, let me tell you something that preachers do. Let me me peel back the, the curtain of the Wizard of Oz here. In order to get people hyped up and excited, we'll show you what God did in the life of David, what God did in the life of Peter and Paul, and what God did in the life of Solomon and Saul, and what God did in the life of Adam and Abel, and what God, we we give you Bible examples to inspire you to Bible behavior. But here, the writer of Lamentations, Jeremiah says that he gives us mercies that are new. He ain't giving you David's mercies. God doesn't go in the divine closet and say, let me see, let me grab something I used a few thousand years ago on David or on Abel or on Cain or on Adam. And no, 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 no. He says, you know what? You are unique right down to the fingerprints. And what you need are new mercies. I've never given this to anybody. I've never, come on somebody, that's not, you ain't getting half as excited as you should be. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm telling you right now, that right there is some good hype. That right there should be exciting you. You should know that you are a mess and a unique one at that. And God is giving you new mercies every single day. Not because he's good. Not because he's nice. Not because because he's uncompromisingly generous. Oh, somebody give God a hand praise. Hallelujah. Praise him right now. Hallelujah. Woo. Oh, give God a hand praise right now. If he's Come on, let's just go. Let's just flow with that. That feels good. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
I almost made a big mistake in preaching right now. And I almost asked everybody to clap if God has been uncompromisingly generous with them. Guess what? You should be clapping because God has been uncompromisingly generous with you. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 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 You know what? Y'all might catch me doing this. I, I know some people might even think I'm mean. I know some people might even get an opinion about me. Amen. I, when I tell people to clap, I am watching. Amen. Beginning with my own children. I will give both my daughters with their 5 and 10-year-old self a stare down that will meet them back home if they do not clap and if they do not say thank you for, for when I say let's clap unto the Lord. I don't care if they don't clap unto me. I don't care if they don't clap unto you. I, God bless the musicians. I'm not too concerned if they don't sing with you. But if we tell them to clap and to shout for God's goodness, they better do so or some of the goodness at home's going to get thrown in the garbage. I'm just letting you know how we do things in 2022. Praise God. Some of that goodness and some of that uncompromising generosity is about to become the property of the of the East Bay Garbage Department. Praise God. Because we ain't going to have that spirit in my house, this house, your house. You got to be... Oh, and I know somebody might be wishing we could have just let it go at the song service. Not on your life. We are going to be preaching about an uncompromising God who's calling us to be uncompromising. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, give God praise. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. When Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray, he tells them to appeal to God's generosity. He says, give us this day our daily bread. He said, listen, if, if you want to get in the Holy Ghost, you need to understand that God is generous and he gives things daily. Praise God. He's not a giver. He is a daily provider. He is daily, amen, loading us with benefits. And so when you talk to him, talk to him, appeal to him, provoke him, stimulate him, remind him of his uncompromising generosity and let him know, amen, I need you today, amen, like I needed you yesterday and I need you to, come on somebody oh give God a hand praise if you believe hallelujah that he is uncompromisingly generous in the wilderness God gave all everyone say all oh. he gave all of Israel manna no one lacked every family and every individual was given what they needed daily. God was uncompromisingly generous. The manna fell even when you had a bad day. You, you know, the, the first time they saw manna, the word ma in Hebrew means what? Ma. Ma. The first time they saw it, they said, Ma. What is this? It was plain. It wasn't cheesy garlic bread. It wasn't pan dulce. It, was, it, didn't, come in the, it didn't come in the form of a pink shell. It wasn't flan. It was mana. And they, with their disrespectful selves, picked it up and said, what? And God said, guess what? It's coming tomorrow too. Don't appreciate the attitude. It's coming tomorrow too. Because I'm uncompromisingly 
generous. And I don't change because you need a change of attitude. I, I, I'm going to give it to you. You're going to get it. Your kids are going to get it. Grandma's going to get it. Brother Bob, who can't get out of the house because he's, he's in a wheelchair, he going to get it. Sister Bertha, who's locked up in the house with diabetes, and can't, she going to get it too. Praise God. Your condition doesn't change my condition. I am uncompromisingly generous, and everyone is going to eat. I said everybody is going to eat. This... You ought to be shouting over the fact that there's food in the wilderness. That's enough to shout out. Amen. But if you want to dance, just think about the fact that it comes every day. And if you really want to shout and maybe even add a run to your shout, you ought to get excited that he gives it unconditionally, without contingencies and without stipulations because he is uncompromisingly generous. Even with your carnal self, a blessing is still coming. Even with your unthankful self, a blessing is still coming. Even. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Some of y'all, some of y'all never been in that level. Some of y'all have yet to enter that level. Some of you are sleeping on your relationship with God. You're actually numb and muted. That you don't realize, I've been there. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not ragging on nobody. Didn't nobody come here to get insulted. But let us be honest. I've held things in my hand that I knew I did not deserve. I've held things in my hand that just minutes before getting them, I had been talking bad. I had been thinking bad. I had been telling my wife and grumbling and mumbling and murmuring. And all of a sudden, it just showed up. And I'm telling you right now, I didn't shout. I got nervous. I didn't get excited. I got fearful because I thought to myself, God is being good when I'm being bad. Amen. Hallelujah. And what he's given me, praise God, is now a token of how good he is and how wretched I am. And so I better get my act together before I get myself thrown up in hell. I better get my act together before I get myself in trouble with God. Amen. Come on. I'm preaching to something. Somebody. Amen. Maybe maybe everybody feels like they deserve the house they live in. Uh, maybe everybody feels like they deserve the clothes they're wearing. Uh, maybe everybody feels like they deserve the car they're driving. Uh, amen. But I hope that there are some people here today that know that God has been uncompromisingly generous with them. Praise God. Even when they had a bad day, they had bad health, they had a bad situation, they had a bad marriage, they had a bad spirit, they had a bad attitude, they had... Oh, hallelujah. The only thing you couldn't do with the manna is treat it with scarcity, the opposite of generosity. You can't treat with scarcity what God has delivered with generosity. If you don't know what scarcity is, it's when you have been conditioned to think that there's not enough. And some parents, let me, let me preach to my people for a few seconds so that nobody thinks I'm talking to them on the side. Latino parents condition their children with scarcity. No, you can't have that. You know how expensive that is? I'm going to buy you one, and that's it. Those shoes better not be dirty. You better eat all that food. Pulling up the kids to Google to show them pictures of kids in third world countries. Mira. Next to the computer, wallet full of cash. Wallet don't even close. Yeah, you can get quiet. I just keep preaching to Latinos, and we'll have great Spanish church in about an hour. Praise God. And Filipinos do it. 
And African Americans do it. And Polynesians do it. And Asians do it. And white people do it. Praise God. Everybody be doing this. And we start conditioning, amen, our children with the scarcity mindset. And when they get older, they be asking God for monthly bread. And when they get older, they feel lucky to even get bread. We're not talking about luck. God's uncompromising generous generosity is not an act of luck. It is an act of benevolence and goodwill, amen, towards humanity. I am telling you right now, pray, I'm, oh God, hallelujah, amen. You could, I know people that have money and they still have a scarcity mindset. I know people that have money and do their best to hide it from everybody. I know people that have money and they're still hiding it from the kids. They even hide it from themselves. And somebody said, I'm being wise. No, you're scared. You're scared. And you have a scarcity mindset. There are, they, there, there are people that, that have a scarcity mindset when it comes to their time. There are people that have a scarcity mindset. That's, that's, why, that's why Wednesday nights is thin around here. It's because people think if I give time to be there on Wednesday night, then how am I going to make money? Then how am I going to make it on Thursday morning? Then how am That's a scarcity mindset. That is a scarcity mindset. And then they want to come talk to me after church about how on fire they were 20 years ago. Amen. Hallelujah. And how they went to church all week, all night, woke up feeling refreshed. But when it comes here, you got a scarcity city mindset show up late here but you showed up three hours early over there you you know what leave your scarcity mindset over there and come on down to the house of god and understand that he is uncompromising generous he's generous hallelujah holly come on somebody i won't even dare tell I I wanted to, but I didn't think it'd be appropriate because I would get a phone call before service is over. If I started going down the symptoms of scarcity mindsets. We are not allowed. It is prohibited to challenge God's generosity. You cannot challenge God's character. God, by definition, is the highest moral being in existence. He is, he is the source of existence. And he is, the scripture says he is not a man that he should lie. So you cannot challenge his uncompromising generosity. A lot... The children of Israel, if they, if they tried to store manna, and a lot of them did, a lot of them said, man, God was good today. Don't know about tomorrow. Going to put this back here because my wife will spend it. I'm still preaching. Muy bueno. Muy bueno. El pastor predica muy bueno. Mabute. This is very good. Hey, better hide that. Kids, kids eat everything. Esconde la mano. You see how he's gaining weight? Right there. Eating all the manna. So I'm going to take what God has given generously and treat it with scarcity. I'm going to hide it from the wife. I'm going to hide it from the kids. I'm going to hide it before my wife's brother comes over. I'm going to hide it. And when they, when they, when they went to go find what they hid, you know what? There was worms in it. There was worms in it. Because God said, that's what I think of a scarcity mindset. It's worm infested. It's worm infested. It's worm infested. It's got parasites in it. It's got expiration dates on it. And it's rotten if it ain't fresh. I know people, I know people, the other day we were in Chinatown. We were driving down Chinatown on Broadway. And this truck, 
amen, hit the brakes and live fish started falling out the truck. Everyone in my car started yelling. There was fish all over Broadway, flapping, jumping, water. You know why? Because those people refuse to eat anything that's not fresh. They want it, they want it, they want it popping. Praise God. They want it jumping. They want it fresh out the bay. They want it, they want it. They're, they're walking into the grocery store asking how many, how many hours old is it? Praise God. I wish somebody, and then all of a sudden with the blessings of God, we want old blessings. We want rotten blessings. We want worm infested stuff. I wish we'd get the same attitude, amen, about God's blessings that some people have about their cuisine and their appetite. Praise God. I'm telling you, if you've not experienced a blessing yet today, praise God, you ought to be wondering where it is. You ought to, you, you ought to be asking for it. You ought to be praying for it. You ought to be saying to yourself right now this service is for me praise god they're preaching to me and i want a fresh blessing from god i want it hours old i want it minutes old i want it fresh praise god oh somebody give god a hand praise right now hallelujah everyone lift their hands right now I'm telling you, there is a provisional blessing, hallelujah, that's about to come into this service right now. I pray the blessing of the Lord on you right now in the name of Jesus. Not because you're good, but because God is generous. Amen. Not because you're faithful, but because God is generous. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody give God a hand praise. If you believe, God just heard you. Hallelujah. You, look at your neighbor and say, you. You can be generous even when life has subjected you to extreme harshness. Some people think I'm preaching to people who have a lot. The Bible never talks about people who have a lot being the only ones who should be generous. If God is generous, all that claim the name of Christ and claim to be like God should be generous. And there's examples of this in the Bible. Mark 12 and 42, the Bible says that there was a widow who gave her two last mites. And outgave everyone. She had less and gave more. Mark 12 and 44. I, I know what you think Jesus would do. I know what some of you wish I would do right now. I know y'all think that what Jesus should have done. You, no, I know what you think I should do. Because you're not so brazen as to say this about Jesus. But I know that you believe that what should happen is those that are really broken, really busted, really in need, should be stopped. You think that when Jesus saw Doña Conchita come in with her broke self, he should have stopped her from putting into the offering plate. And he didn't. He sat cross-armed and watched her give and then called, called for a leadership meeting. And in 44 of Mark 12, he says, they all did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. You want me to translate that for you in modern terms? Everyone gave what they didn't need. She is very poor and gave everything she had. You see, we, a scarcity mindset only gives out of abundance. A scarcity mindset will not touch what they need. Scarcity mindset only touches what it doesn't need. Yeah, I'm going to put $20 in the offering. Boom. Cool. Be good. Take that, devil. $20. About to build a church.
I won't even, because I want to have a good attitude. But I am not afraid to tell you how many times I've given out of what I need, not what I have left over. There are people all throughout this congregation that give money they need. I know somebody said we all need it. No, 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 no. Some of y'all playing games. Y'all are playing games here. They're playing games in Spanish church. Playing games. Giving God out of the abundance what they got left over. You know, you know how, you want to know how you know if you do that? If you pay all your bills first. And then if you have enough to give your tithe and offering, you give it. Some of you thought it was an answer to prayer when we stopped taking up offerings. I'm just telling you right now. I refuse to. I know some of you think I'm twisting arms right now. I'm not twisting arms. I will never twist an arm. We preach competence, not control. If you, if you, I'm just telling you right now. Amen. I have, I have tapped into what I need. I have tapped into what that woman right there needs. I have tapped into what my kids upstairs need. And I have given out of my need. You know, I'm just telling you right now, while you're just giving from your abundance, when you're a blessing, when you only give during tax season, when you only give, praise God, amen, hallelujah, when you get a raise or a bump, when you only give out of, out of your, your surplus, you're not giving. That's about two of us. Let's, let's wrap this up before. I might have to go out the back door today. To come back through the front door and preach this again in Spanish. I know what people are thinking. I got a baby. Everybody got babies. You ain't the only one that's given birth in the last 6,000 years. You really want to hide it from your wife? Give it to God. She'll never find it. She'll never find it. God is uncompromisingly generous. His children ought to be the same. When you are generous with your talents, the Bible says you are a good steward. 1 Peter 4 and 10 says, each has received a gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied or multiple graces. Amen. When you are a good steward with your time, the Bible says you are applying wisdom to your heart. Psalms 90 and 12, David says, so teach us to number our days that we may apply, amen, our hearts unto wisdom. Amen. When you are a good steward with your money, the Bible says you are removing the devourer from off of your life. Malachi 3 and 10 says, bring ye all the tithes unto the storehouse that there might be meat in my house and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. I want to be, amen, uncompromisingly generous with my talents. I want to be uncompromisingly generous, amen, hallelujah, with my time. I want to be uncompromisingly generous with my treasure. I want to be wise. Hallelujah. I want to be a good steward. And I want to get the devourer off of my life. Oh, somebody give God praise. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Let me invert this. Two plus two is four, right? Four equals two plus two. So let's look at this the other way. When you are not generous with your talents, you are a bad steward. You're a bad steward. You know what a steward is? They're not an owner. They're a manager of something that belongs to someone else. The Bible says that when you give your gifts to one another and to your, and to your church, you're being a good steward. Your gift, 
You know, one of the saddest days in East Bay Bible Fellowship is when we bought a, we bought a baptistry. I'm, I'm about to roast folks. We bought a baptistry. We bought a baptistry. We raised money for that baptistry. The kids gave. The saints gave. The pastor gave. We went out and bought a baptistry. At the time, we had men in our church amen, that were all contractors. And I asked them if they could build a little box to go around the portable baptistry. All of them waited till after church to tell me how good their business was doing. All of them bragged to me about the jobs they were doing. All of them bragged to me about how much they could build and how much they could do and how much money they had and how good God had been and they couldn't even build a little box for the baptistry and you know what amen I'm not crying that they're gone I'd rather have a bunch of people that don't know how to pick up a drill make holes through the wall praise God bust things break things paint things the wrong color but will give their talents to God praise God amen hallelujah God don't need people this church don't need people amen that are going to brag about their talents and never give them to God. You're being a bad steward. God didn't give it to you. Amen. So you could heap it on yourself. God didn't give it to you. Amen. So it... Oh, give God a hand praise right now. Hallelujah. That's not why God gave you talents. Oh, let's lift our hands and pray right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Praise God. I really feel like roasting right now. We'll leave that to Pete's. Praise God. I can't tell you how many stuff, how much stuff never got done. You think I'm bragging? You think I'm kidding? You think pastors just out here making fun of people? I can't tell you how many nights a handful of us were here. Amen. These walls were not this color when we got here. This sign didn't just get here. Amen. The bathrooms didn't get painted on their own. Amen. Mirrors didn't get hung on their own. Praise God. Nothing around here got done on its own. Praise God. Amen. I'm telling you, there was people here 11, 12. Amen. And then back at church. Praise God. Sunday morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Hoping you would notice. Praise God. The nice little things that people lent their talents for. Praise God. Amen. We've had people that have used whatever they have. God bless Brother Will. He's given us paintings. I didn't even want a painting of myself. But thank you, Brother Will. This is gorgeous. My wife loves it. Praise God. Amen, hallelujah. But I'm telling you, amen, there are people that have given their talents, their gifts, even stuff that doesn't necessarily translate, praise God, into something like a like the installation of something or the hanging of something or the painting of something, but they've given what they have, amen. I've seen some of you use your gifts on each other, praise God. I've seen some of you be generous with your gifts with each other, praise God. I'm telling you, that's the only way this thing works, people. That's the only way this thing works is when people, say I have a talent and it may not fit here and it may not fit there but it fits right here and I'm going to put it right there because it's God's talent God put it right here so I'm going to put it right there oh give God a hand praise oh come on praise him you want me to be really honest with you if you don't like this I'm telling you go down to St. Whatever's because that's where they do this but I'm going to tell you something about St. East Bible Fellowship. This is a community. This is a community. And if you do not support the community, you automatically lower prioritize yourself. Because the reason we've all gathered here and the reason we're all here and the reason we're giving is because we need this. We recognize that we need each other. We recognize that we need God. We recognize that this city, this area needs a redemptive lift. Praise God. And we want to be a part of that. And we want to contribute to that. And we don't think, amen, that it's all in what we have, but that it's all in what we could give. Praise God. And so if you're not, praise God, willing to give God of your talents and of your time and of your treasure, praise God, don't be surprised, praise God, when you are low on the priority scale, Praise God, because we have to take care of those who help the thing move. And it has nothing to do with quantity. It has nothing to do with who's the biggest giver. It has nothing to do with who gives the least. It has to do with who's keeping the community rolling. It has to do with who's keeping this bus moving. It has to do... 
And I dare anybody, I dare anybody in this congregation or the Spanish church to challenge our generosity. You're lucky my iPad just died. I challenge anybody to challenge our generosity. When you're not looking, we're giving. When you're not looking, we're coordinating meals. When you're not looking, we're at the hospital. When you're not looking, we're giving rides to the hospital. When you're not looking... When you're not looking, we're teaching Bible studies. When you're not looking, we're picking up the elderly. When you're not looking... When you're not looking, we're on the phone at 1 a.m. with people who look like they have it together, but they're falling apart, and there's no shame in that. That's what the community's here for. This community don't kick you to the curb because you're less than perfect. This community... And we do so uncompromisingly. And when you're not looking, we're helping marriages stay together. And there are things that are done by the membership of this church that are so heart-wrenchingly generous that I can't even repeat them over the pulpit. There are people in this church that, including me, that have actually put our lives in jeopardy to help others. And we're not sorry about it. And we don't regret it. Because we used to put our life in jeopardy for drugs. And we used to be uncompromisingly generous with the club. And we used to be uncompromisingly generous with that man that was taking advantage of us. And we were uncompromisingly generous with the world that took everything away from us. And we were uncompromisingly generous with all those wicked women that left us, praise God, high and dry without a penny to our name. And we were uncompromisingly generous with the gangs. And we were uncompromisingly generous with our company and our employer who fired us because they found somebody better. And we were uncompromisingly generous with our schools when they told us it was finals week and there was term papers due and we stayed up late and now we, now we can't get up early. Hey, you live once. One time. You live one time. You live one time. And when you die, and you're going to die, and I am going to die, and when we are on our deathbed, we will not have wished that we gave more to the fruitless trees of our lives. We will not wish that we had watered weeds more. Some of us are watering weeds right now. Pastor checks himself daily. I had to check myself this morning. I woke up repenting because I was watering weeds. You're, you're not going to die. Say, man, I wish I would have given that weed some more water. You know what you're going to do? It's going to dawn on you. I'm about to go see God. Sister Janelle, I hope this is okay. You're free to call me and rebuke me when I'm done. I remember the day Sister Janelle's dad died who had served faithfully in the church, the first church of Alameda. I remember like it was yesterday. I've never forgotten it. He had got a very bad diagnosis. And I don't know, I think it was my in-laws that took me to the hospital to go see him. He was in Kaiser. And I remember walking into that room and seeing this man that I remember seeing him walk around, buzz around, fixing lights. He had a light business. Always energetic. Always drinking some kind of smoothie. 
Praise God. Some kind of healthy drink. Praise God. And I remember walking in there knowing he had been uncompromisingly generous. With his talents, he made lights. He fixed lights. I think Janelle can fix some lights. Not Shout out. You need a light fix. Such a Janelle. And I remember walking in that hospital room and seeing fear on his face. And I was in there by myself with him. And I looked at him and I said, Brother Ruiz, look at me. Look at me. You served God. Don't be afraid. And I'll never forget it as long as I live. The fear just went from his face. And it was like he snapped out of a daze. And he looked back at me and he said, I won't be afraid. And they released him to hospice. And Janelle will tell you this. And they released, I was an evangelist. I was traveling all over the world preaching. And you know what I'd do when I'd get home? I'd get my girlfriend at the time and I'd tell her, get your piano. And Sister Janelle at the time, their family lived in this house with these huge stairs. They were steep and they were rickety. You went up the stairs praying. It was like going to the temple. You just, you prayed the whole way up. And there was Brother Prado and Sister Prado with a keyboard and a Bible. And I'd preach to him. And I'd preach to him. And there was days the cancer was already so advanced, he was asleep and Jamie would still play and I'd still preach. Because he was uncompromisingly generous. And God was uncompromisingly generous. And so we could do nothing less than be uncompromisingly generous. And you know what? I had other people criticizing me for not helping them, for not doing it. And I thought, you know what? I never see you give. I never see you contribute. I never. And you know what? I'm going to give all priority to the people that are uncompromisingly generous with the God who is uncompromisingly generous. And if we have time, we'll get back to you. But for now, the community must stay together. The community must serve one another. The community must. We got to make these blessings bounce within these walls before they ever get out. 